If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again. It's wonderful to be with you once more. And this is Heather Bayer, and this is Vacation Rental Success, episode number 51. So I'm in the... uh, I'm on the countdown now to episode 100, and I'm thinking maybe I should put in, I don't know, some more um, episodes per week uh, so I could ramp it up to 100 a lot quicker. Um, There's a thought. There is a thought I might put in another episode, um, but um, we will come back to that. Um, So you've just got me today. I've uh, I've got a ton of interviews that I've I've got lined up, and I'm just going to get going with um, them uh, with the scheduling of them fairly shortly. So from next week onwards, we're back into, you know, a pretty good schedule of an interview every week. And and as I said last week, just a, an amazing quality of interview guests, as I've always had. So um, it's uh, it's going to be such fun talking to all these experts in different um, different aspects of, of our industry. Some people who aren't involved in the vacation rental business at all, but they bring all sorts of value in their expertise in, in other areas. So uh, keep listening, guys, please. Um, keep subscribing and those episodes will be coming to you. Now, for those, if you, if, if you follow me, if you've been following me for any period of time, you'll know that I do occasionally go into rant mode. You know, I'm generally a really, I don't know, laid back person. I don't get stressed out too often. I don't get upset. But when I see things that really I don't want to see or I shouldn't be seeing, particularly in a business setting, it really, really winds me up. I've got to a stage at the moment, uh, probably because since I've been back from vacation, I am hearing a lot from uh, new owners who are considering renting out their properties for next year. So I'm getting all sorts of photographs and descriptions of places and requests for me to go up and see them and uh, and do a, a viewing trip. Now, this is not like a five mile drive, you know, just around the corner. I'm not on 30A down in the Florida panhandle or in an area uh, in Orlando where, you know, I could just go from one community to another. For me, a viewing day could involve probably around three or four hundred miles of driving to go from place to place. And at this time of the year, we've already got snow on the ground. It's very, very cold. And and it really isn't particularly nice to be outside, uh, even, even when you're cocooned in a car. Um, there's all sorts of idiots out on the road without any snow tires at the moment. So it's, uh, you know, usually safer to, to stay in. However, I've, um, you know, I am starting to arrange some of these these viewing trips. It really is, I'll not say getting me down. It's just, I'm finding it irritating, annoying that I'm still seeing photographs of things in prospective vacation rentals that shouldn't be there. And I know it's all a matter of education and that new owners probably don't know the changing expectations of guests 
and I'm sure that's it. But parts of me just just go, you know, do you really not see it when you're sending me a photograph of a bedroom that has stains on the walls, it has flat, dirty pillows on the beds with old sleeping bags or old comforters on them and no side tables, no no, no lamps, no reading lamps. And I'm seeing pictures of kitchens with rusty old fridge. And then I'm getting the text to say, I've got a wonderful cottage that I'd like to rent out. And I know it's going to get $1,500, $1,600 a week. And I just need... I just need you to come out and take a look. Oh, and by the way, I'm asking several other agencies to come in. Now, actually, at that point, that's when I go back and just say thank you, but no thank you. I'm sure there are other agencies who would love to take your property on, but I'm not one of them. And I'm I'm getting more and more hard-nosed about this because it, it just blows me away sometimes to see some some of these photographs. And I'm I'm seeing them being described as luxury and as high-end and executive. I have an executive cottage. The picture of the kitchen shows a microwave that I remember those microwaves when they first came out back in the 70s. So, you know, I get it. I really do. I I get it that, and I'm probably, you know, maybe you think I'm being a bit mean here, but I do get it. These owners love their homes on the water. They love, it's, it's their paradise in the country. It's the place that their family's been loving for years and years. They don't see outside the ambience, which I'm sure every one of these properties has. You know, in the summer, the family goes up there. They have a fabulous time. They really, really don't care that the mattress that they're lying on at night came from grandma's bed and and it's been around for 30 or 40 years. They don't care that, you know, if, if the blankets are old and ragged or if the sheets are threadbare, they don't care. They're not there to examine the linens. They're not there to to get upset about the pillows. They're just there to have fun on the water and enjoy family. So I get it, but sadly, they don't because they don't have that knowledge that actually I expect them to have, to actually think about the fact that they are asking fifteen or $1,600 for a property that should not be commanding any rental rate at all, let alone a substantial amount of money from um, the, the vacationing public. And I know that you're listening to this podcast because you get it. You know that, you, you know what hospitality means. You know how to do this business so well that you probably, you probably can't imagine how someone else couldn't care a jot about their renters. And by the way, in the world of substandard properties, they aren't called guests. They still call them renters. And that's that's just another thing. I could get my soapbox about that. We have banished the word renters from our vocabulary here in the office. It hurts me sometimes when, when I hear an owner saying stupid renters because they would not say if they were using the word guest, they wouldn't say stupid guests because it's a little bit of, an, you know, to me, I'm, maybe I'm using the wrong word, but I'm thinking oxymoron is the word. Those two words are sort of diametrically opposite. If, if you are entertaining someone as a guest, you would probably not be calling them stupid. But I, I just hear this all too often. 
So I know you get it. But, you know, if there's somebody else out there who's listening to this or is perhaps uh, reading the show notes that go along with it and they make a change because of what I'm going to talk about now, then I think I've done my job. You know, the reputation of this business grows just a tiny bit better as another convert joins our ranks and understands their responsibility to the traveling public. So I guess that's my rant over. Well, it sort of is because I want to go into now a list of, and this started out as, and I'm looking at my notes here, this started out as 10 things that shouldn't be seen in a vacation rental. And really what they are is they're, they're the things I really hate to see when I'm viewing a home or, where I'm, or when I'm looking at photographs or even when I see, I'm seeing photographs on a listing. Um, but it started as 10 and I'm just looking at this list. I've got to 13 now. So, so we'll see how we go. And then I'm thinking I'll probably leave it at, uh, at 12. But, you know, you're going to see it in the uh, episode title, the, the, the number I've got to. But anyway, I have this list of things that I don't like to see when I'm viewing a home. But unfortunately, it's things that I see all too often. And if, if you have any of these things or if you do any of these things, well, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's what I'm trying to do is just bring it to people's attention that this whole industry is changing so quickly and the expectations and demands of guests are rising so rapidly that if we don't meet those expectations and demands, then we're just not going to be in the business that long because we survive on reviews and all you need to do is get a couple of poor reviews, poor justified reviews, and you're going to struggle to get those bookings. So here we go. Let's kick off with with my number one. And this is the primary one. And this is what I see all the time. And I hold my hands up here. I did this myself when I first came out to Canada from the UK. I put stuff into my vacation rental that I wouldn't have in my own home. It was you know when we furnished our own home and we brought all the stuff over from over from England. It was the stuff I had left over that I thought, yeah, I don't really I don't really like that ornament, that rug, that cushion, those linens because they were old. I'll put them in the vacation home. I'll put them in the cottage. So this is my number one hate to see because, you know, my my views have changed somewhat dramatically over the past 10 10 or 12 years. And it is that I don't want to see anything that would not be displayed or used in your own home. And it's not displayed because you don't like it, because it's something that you would throw away, but you don't like to throw things away. So you're going to put it in the vacation home instead. Please don't do that. You know, by this, I mean the stuff that you can't bring yourself to throw out, but you don't want to use it yourself. So its final resting place becomes a vacation rental. And there's a ton of things that end up. I see this in the uh, in the spring and summer when in in our area when all the cottages open up and the highways are jam packed with people heading out of the city and going north and they they've got trucks and trailers and and cars with stuff piled high on the um, on the roof rack it's old mattresses you've got old furniture you can see it's stuff that's been discarded 
and it's heading up north to the cottage. And that's absolutely fine if you're just going to use the place for you and your family. But if you're going to ask somebody else to give you money to go and stay in that place, please don't insult them, really, by giving them the stuff that you would not have in your home. My goodness, this rant is really going on, isn't it? And I'm only at number two, which is yard sale furniture and pieces that someone else has decided to get rid of but can't throw away. Um, Really, see number one, don't do it. The only things that you should probably ever buy at a yard sale that would go into a vacation home are are maybe uh, books and CDs or videos and that sort of thing. Um, that's, That's fair game. But apart from that... Please resist ornaments and things that are just going to take up space and and gather dust. Once again, look at it. Would you have it in your own home? Would you keep keep it? Are you struggling as to whether you're going to have it at home or put it in the vacation rental home? If you are, then maybe it's okay if, if it's a real struggle. But if you're simply out shopping for junk to fill gaps, fill shelves, that sort of thing, there there will always be something else that you can do with that space. Number three, and and I see this an awful lot, and it really is, you know, it's a throwback to to bygone days. And I I have to admit that up here in Ontario, and I was talking to one of my owners, uh, one of our uh, owners on our management program uh, the other day about how how things have changed over the years, and, and that there is we were actually having a discussion about whether he should supply linens or not to his guests because he has a real difficulty, and I understand this, with with getting laundry done uh, on a changeover. And we were saying that, you know, years gone, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, nobody would have expected ever to find linens to be provided in a cottage rental. Uh, yet nowadays, the majority of them are expecting that service. And I, you know, I go along with this. I don't like the idea of any of my guests having to arrive on vacation and have to start making up the beds on the first night. I mean, after all, who does that? It's it's not dad or the kids. It's mom. She's the one that needs the break. And the first thing she has to do is to pull out all the linens that she's already packed up, get them out, make up all the beds in the property so all the kids can go to bed at night and have a good night's sleep. I will not allow my guests to do that. So having said that, my, my number three is nothing, is nothing to do with linens. That's actually number four. Number three is sticky notes and draconian must-do lists. And also uh, little notes that say, and, and here I've seen these, I see these every year. And this goes back to the old traditional cottage rentals up here that, uh, you know, we have to protect our septic systems. So nowadays, most owners will simply put something um, very sensible in a cottage guide that asks people to avoid putting anything other than human waste down the toilet because of the septic, the fragility of the septic system. But only this last summer, I went to to a property and there on the wall in the bathroom in a fancy little frame which had flowers all around the edge, there was the little note that said, if it's brown, flush it down. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Oh, how we laughed. Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. In um, 
well, they didn't realise it that, you know, putting those words in a fancy little frame or even laminating them and putting them on a little stand, it doesn't make them any more acceptable. I mean, come on, these guests are coming from... Um, they're, they're coming from 2014. They really, really don't want to see 1980. And I think, or well, the thrust of what I'm trying to say is, you know, you've got to bring the hospitality up to date, even if the property is still uh, traditional. So sticky notes, sticky notes on the fridge, sticky notes everywhere. I, I went to a property a while back and there was probably a sticky note just flapping next to every light switch that just says, please turn this please turn this light off when not in use. I think everybody knows what a light switch is. And, and having those little notes there, really, I couldn't see it was going to make any difference whatsoever. Um, the draconian must-do uh, you know, must lists. We, we should have seen the end of those checkout lists that ask people to clean the toilets and wash the windows and vacuum thoroughly. That time has gone, folks. You know, it's it's okay to say leave it in a tidy condition, but today's guests don't want to be doing the cleaning on the last day of their vacation. So number four. So now I've I've got on to bedding, and I've I've lumped a whole ton of stuff in this category because I don't want to see flat pillows, flat stained pillows, and there are a lot of those about. I mean, what is wrong with buying new pillows every couple of months? They're not expensive. I mean, you don't have to buy the cheapest. Walmart variety, but I have to say that I that, that Walmart actually do some really good pillows at around about eight or nine bucks each. Or I buy um, really nice pillows in Costco that come in a pack of two for fourteen dollars. And one of the reasons is is that I change them out every every few months. But having respect for your guests' sleep is just so important. I see transparent bedding, or these are sheets, sheets and pillow covers that they've gone to the vacation home because they're no longer in use in the main residence. That, to me, is again a little bit of an insult to the travelling public and your guests. So I don't want to see transparent bedding, old linens, mismatched flannelette sheets that have gone, that they're pilled, which means they've got those little sort of bobbly things on them. So when you climb into the bed, it all feels rough and a bit like sleeping on sandpaper. Um, pictures I got the other day of a bedroom. There was there was a set of twin beds, and the beds themselves were were completely different. The bed frames were entirely different, so there's no matching there. Each bed had the flat pillows. They both had what looked like old sleeping bags, and then one had a throw that would probably date back to the 80s or 90s. And I was meant to look at this and go, wow, this is truly an executive property. Yeah, it uh, that, that wasn't going to happen. So I don't want to see any of that. Anything with stains, anything with tears, anything made of flannelette. And, and you know, did I mention sleeping bags? Because that's a huge no-no. Sleeping bags are for camping. Uh, we used to go camping. And sleeping bags were fine. But then, you know, that's when we were paying 10 bucks a night to pitch our tent. If I'm paying in excess of $1,000 a week and more likely in excess of 1500 or 2000 the last thing I want to see on a bed is a sleeping bag. And that includes children's beds. Don't insult the kids either. Number five, 
mismatched and cracked dinnerware. And no, it's not boho. It's not trendy to have all these old plates and dishes. And and somebody did say this to me a while back when I opened a cupboard and it was just full of a ton of unmatched stuff. Different sizes, different shapes, different plates, different patterns. And I said, oh, you know, I, I really think you should buy a decent set of dinnerware. And she said, oh, no. She said, this is the thing these days. This this makes it very trendy. Maybe it's maybe it's my boomer status. I don't know. Um, perhaps somebody will let let me know if if this is you know if I'm completely off track here. Is this trendy? Is this something that people would expect? Um, anyway, she she got all this stuff from um, a yard sale, and and just found it so exciting that everything was a you know, different pattern, different colours, and chipped and cracked and and had character as she said. Um, to me, it just looked tacky. Um, yeah, just tacky. The other thing, uh, my, my caretaker called me the other day and she said, I've got a great idea. She said, I, I she said, you've got some, I've, I've got really nice, uh, dinnerware in my, in my cottages. And in fact, years ago, I went to a vacation rental in Sedona and they had this wonderful, wonderful dinnerware that I just loved to bit. So when I got back, I bought it for myself and I bought sets for the properties as well. But it, it's, it's a little bit heavy. So plates are a little bit heavy. And my cleaner called me. She said, I've got a great idea. She said, these plates are so heavy. I think you need to swap, take them all out. You can have them at home. And she said, just buy some of that Corel stuff. She said, it's much lighter. Um, it's much hardier. And your elderly guests will find it much less difficult to take down from the cupboard. And it took me a while to actually... Uh, um, explained to her that this was not going to happen. The reason being that uh, that I respect my guests hugely and I want them to have the sort of dinnerware that I would like to have in my own house. And there is a place for Corel and for plastic dinnerware and, and that's for eating uh, eating outside, for picnics, but, uh, but it, it really is not for a vacation rental. I, so I went to see a place of Oh, a year or so back, it was it was an executive property. It eventually rented at about four thousand dollars a week. So you can imagine the, you know, the type of property it was, and it was beautifully furnished. But when I opened the kitchen cupboards, they only had Corel, and I, I was actually the owner wasn't there, so I was able to go into every other cupboard because I could not believe that that was all they were supplying. So they had the uh, the Corel as well as you know tiny little. Knives and forks, the really um, cheap stuff that you would, you know, the cheapest stuff you could get in Walmart. That's what they were providing for their guests. So it uh, it took um, some education to get them to realize that the guests that are going to spend $4,000 a week deserve a little bit more special treatment. Um, but that actually goes, as far as I'm concerned, to anybody that's spending any sort of money to go on vacation. You give them the best that you possibly can. Number seven, this is something that you're not going to see in place. You know, if, if, if you've set up your place, which is just as a vacation rental and you don't use it yourself, you probably will not have an abundance of family photos. Even, even if you do, a couple of family photos are fine. But please don't leave a huge wall display of every family event that has ever happened. This, this tends to be a little bit more in, in the older properties that, uh, that, boomers have had in the family for a long time and they're very reluctant to move the photographs out because they've always been up there 
But this is something that you need to do. When somebody goes on vacation, they want to see the place as their own, not as moving into somebody else's house, which is what happens when there are the abundance of family photos. Now, I wasn't sure whether to mention this one here or not, because uh, this is something that occasionally causes a little bit of dissent when I mention it. And this is purely my opinion. I'm not saying this has to be the case. But I believe that if you have a strong religious affiliation, you should not be displaying that in a property that you're opening up to the general public. In fact, it's a strong affiliation with anything. This is one area that I think that vacation rentals should remain neutral. I had a discussion with an owner a, a couple of years ago when I went to the property and every wall had a religious artifact. I fully respect the lady's religion and her beliefs and her faith. But my feeling is that your guests come from every walk of life, every denomination, every religious affiliation. You do not know who's coming in the property. The best way of dealing with it is to go neutral. So the next one is personal belongings. And I wrote a post, oh God, years ago. And, and this, this was as a result of just discussing the 80s type of, of cottage. And, and it, was, it was about personal belongings because I wrote it at a time when I was seeing a lot of places that owners were using for themselves and their families and they just wanted to rent it out for a couple of weeks. So they really didn't see the purpose or point in moving their own stuff out. So I used to, you know, I'd be told that that half of the closet will, will be available for guests and this half we're leaving all our stuff in. And, you know, back in the late 90s, that was perhaps okay, but no one wants that now. And I try and get this across to people. It still happens when when they say, so, so we still use our place a lot, so is it okay to leave our stuff in the drawers? Is it okay to leave our our coats in the closet? And and the answer, of course, is no, it's not okay. You, know, you are renting out the entire place. People will go in every single cupboard. They will go in every single drawer unless they're locked. So, of course, you can have an owner's closet that has a lock on it. You can have an owner's cabinet that has a lock on it. You can put your personal belongings in totes or storage containers and put them elsewhere while you've got guests in the property. But please don't. I mean, do you really want your guests to know your underwear size? But I've I've seen properties where the owners are quite happy to, to, to leave all their stuff in drawers and closets. As an agency, we wouldn't touch that. We would not go anywhere near a property in that condition or with those um, with those items left. If an owner wanted to leave them, then, you know, they're, they're much better off doing the rental by themselves. The next one is we're moving into the kitchen now and I don't want to see nonstick pans anymore. Uh, I understand and I, and I use myself nonstick fry pans, but I change them out uh, every season and sometimes they don't even last a season. And it doesn't matter how many non-metal um, implements you leave them to use, they will still scratch the non-stick. And after a while, it begins to look, it begins to look ugly. And of course, the, the non-stick comes off anyway. But if you have old non-stick pans that have really, really seen better days, really consider changing them and, 
it's not a huge amount of money to go and buy a full set of stainless steel pans. Costco does a great, uh, the, the Kirkland uh, brand is absolutely terrific. I've got that in both my cottages and not only do they really look good. Oh, and I, I, I saw a really neat method of removing the um, some of the stains that get on a stainless steel pan the other day. My son was round. Thank you, Mike, for putting apple cider vinegar in the bottom of one of my stainless steel pans and leaving it for 10 minutes and then um, washing it out. And it was as shiny as new 10 minutes later. One of the arguments against stainless steel was that it, it, it gets to look, uh, you get watermarks on it and it begins to dull after a while. But um, the secret is obviously apple cider vinegar. So staying in the kitchen, I don't want to see blunt knives and rusty can openers, uh, potato peelers, anything like that. If you, I mean, it used to be that in the media, you would see these articles talking about why I don't like vacation rentals. And I went to a vacation rental and I'm a chef and they only had rusty, uh, rusty, rusty stuff and blunt knives. And I would love to see that change. I really would. Uh, I make a point of, um, of buying a couple of really good chef's knives for my properties. And you actually get the feedback when you do that because people still expect to find the old blunt stuff. And, uh, and if, if, if you have somebody who likes to cook and you've supplied some sharp knives, they're going to thank you for it. Still in the kitchen, I would like to see the back of overcomplicated small appliances and gadgets if you wouldn't have it in your own home and you don't use it at home, please don't put it at the, at the vacation rental. You know, all those as seen on TV gadgets that don't work anywhere near as well as they do on the demo. You probably went and bought them or somebody or you got them for Christmas. Somebody bought you this fantastic apple peeler or the chopper or something else that, that has many different parts looks fantastic in the uh, in the demo but you can never use it. it 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 really doesn't come up to scratch probably you know they're, they're too complicated to use they're difficult to clean and they're better off not being there and i'm not talking about things like slow cookers maybe sandwich makers those sorts of things panini makers people do like them but i i'm not sure about the ice cream maker, the bread maker, the thinking of something else maker. I can't think of anything at the moment, but uh, it's, it's all those things that, that I wouldn't have in my own home and, and I'm unlikely to put in, the, uh, in, my, in any of my cottages. So out of the kitchen and let's go to entertainment. And this is one that's dear to my heart. I don't want to see an overabundance of remote controls. And I'm saying this because this has happened in my own place recently. And my husband is a real lover of remote controls. He loves a new gadget or an appliance that has a remote. So we've the, down at the cottage, there's one for the overhead fans, one for the gas fireplace, the heating system, the TV, the stereo, the satellite system. I think there's a few more, but I, I can't remember them off the top of my head. But there are a lot of remote controls. But the big issue is, is that people don't know how to use them unless they have a very clear guide to operating each system from the remote. And we were down in Alabama this uh, this past month 
And we had a call from our caretaker to say that the gas fireplace wouldn't light. And he'd, he'd tried the remote, he'd tried everything. But what had happened was, subsequently, we find, after we paid $160 to get our local appliance repair person out, that the remote control programming had been completely deselected and... For some, and, and I don't quite understand why they why it couldn't be turned on manually. But uh, in the event, uh, it cost us a lot of money to get somebody to go in there and just fix that. So I just said to Phil the other day, let's let's you know people don't need a remote control for the gas fireplace. They can get up out of their chair, switch it on, switch it off. And uh, it was a little bit of an argument on that one, but uh, I think I may have won out. Uh, now I'm working on a couple of the uh, the other remotes at home here. But, uh, yeah, I just really want to get him out of the armchair. So where are we? Just about at the end of my list. And I don't know how many we've got to now. <laughs> but I don't want to see outdated tourist information. You know, come on. If it says 2011, even if it's a map, throw it out. If it says 2014... It's time to throw it out because we're moving to 2015. Go to the tourist information office, collect all the new stuff for 2015 and get it in the property. Take out anything that's outdated. That uh, It just shows a lack of attention to detail. And, you know, I've done this myself in the past. I've, I've looked at stuff and I thought, oh, you know, I've got to take the trip down to the tourist office We'll just leave this stuff for another couple of weeks. Laziness. That's exactly what it is. And I'm as guilty of it as the rest. But uh, have a think about what you've got in your property. Is it out of date? Can you update it right now, this week, this weekend? Every tourism office is going to have the 2015 information in now. So here's a good time to go and replenish. So that's it for this list and oh there's one more there's just I didn't you know I could go on and on but um but here's another and it it, it's just a more general one and it's on on cleaning I don't want to see dust bunnies you know when I go to properties now I get down on my hands and knees and look under the bed I don't want to see dust bunnies I don't want to see dog hair and I know that's difficult and a lot of people have their own dogs but advertise themselves as not pet friendly. Guests are coming in who have perhaps chosen the property because it is not pet friendly, because they don't want to have dog hair or pet hair around. Make sure that all the pet hair is cleaned up. And the other one, which is, I don't think it's peculiar to uh, to uh, our part of the world, and that's mouse poop. And we have you know, constant issue with mice. They, you know, some somebody will arrive at the property, they'll open the door to unload all their stuff out of the car and unbeknownst to them, while they're in the back of the car pulling stuff out, um, little mouse and family have also made their way in. It's like, whoa, we're as welcome as, as everybody else. And before you know it, you're a little bit overrun with the um, creatures. So I don't want to see dust bunnies. I don't want to see dog hair. And I don't want to see mouse poop. Clean it up every little bit. There's uh, there's little more unsavory than arriving at a vacation rental 
and opening up a, a, a drawer in a cabinet or a closet and finding there's evidence of mice in there. It, they may have had a mouse problem months ago, but I expect that every drawer is checked after every rental or after or before every rental starts just to make sure that no little visitors have appeared and uh, graced a cabinet or a drawer with their presence, as only mice can do. Wow, do you think that was really a rant? You know, should I feel better after all that? Uh, I'm hoping that nothing in that list has, has given you any cause for, for concern. I'm, I'm, I quite expect that you're just nodding sagely and thinking, no, I've got that all taken care of. But if there's anybody out there who's very new to rental or who's thinking about going into this or who's perhaps just come across the podcast uh, recently, I hope that you can take something away from this from somebody who's been in the business for well over 20 years now. And really what I set out to do is to share the knowledge that I've gleaned over those years in the hope that... I can just contribute a little bit to um, raising and keeping standards high because collect if we all collectively raise standards, then the business gets such a better rap in the, in the media and in the outside world. And people will really see that, uh, that vacation rentals are here to stay and that it's not necessary to always go with one of these squeaky clean rental companies that only offer cookie cutter condos and homes that are completely soulless and sterile. Because I've got nothing against a property uh, reflecting the tastes and, and the, the style of the owner. And I think every property should do that because that's what, um, that's what rental guests are looking for. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, to this and and I'm sure I'm sure that I'm going to get a few comments and and I quite welcome them I'd love to hear your views go for it go go to the show notes go to the end of the show notes and you can leave your comment and I'd love to uh, to hear from you as ever if you like these podcasts I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a, a review that would be absolutely fantastic so until the next time when we'll be kicking off with, um, with interviews once again, I'd just like to take, I'd just like to really, really thank you for being here and listening once again. And I can't wait to be with you very shortly. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.